Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the Cookbook Circle podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Victoria. And we've set out to review the UK's most popular cookbooks, those that you probably have at home and haven't opened in a while. We take one cookbook each episode to cook from and to stress test, digging out their best recipes, bringing them to life again, and hopefully inspiring you to do so too. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Victoria. We're back, baby. Oh, it feels like a while, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It's weird. Lovely to meet you here under the virtual mistletoe. <laughs> <laughs> what a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever actually seen mistletoe in real life anywhere? Not in like a, a way that I would use it, <laughs> I was going to say. I feel like growing up in the <laughs> Middle England, uh, I didn't grow up in, yeah, yeah, growing up in Middle England, like you don't go to a lot of like holiday parties. <laughs> Or like no. things like that, where there'll be like mistletoe. I'm like, oh my god, the, the, the hunk. The, what I'm saying is, Christmas uh, films are a lie. Yeah, I feel like I've spent 33 years looking for <laughs> mistletoe at parties to conveniently stand under, and it still hasn't worked out. Might need a new tactic. I feel like you know, I've seen people wear like those headbands with it on at like <laughs> work Christmas parties, but they're the kind of people that you'd avoid. That, that's the sexual like perfect. Yeah. Sexual purpose. <laughs> As opposed to the regular kind. I wanted to say sexual pest, but sexual pervert does the job as well. <laughs> Maybe mistletoe is the real sexual pest. Anyway, <laughs> it's our Christmas episode. It is our Christmas episode, and we're going to do things a little bit differently. I wish I had bells I want to ring little jingle bells well you did have that cat toy yesterday oh my god it's here off you pop there then go on <laughs> that's my cat's side she's gonna be outside the door like <laughs> but 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 <laughs> I don't transition even... time <laughs> i don't even do it on purpose it just it just comes so naturally now we have a little bit of a different setup today because we are that was very serious by me yeah <laughs> listen 
So instead of focusing on one book for Christmas, we chose a book each based on cool upcoming Christmas trends in Hannah's case and books that came out this year. And in my case, a kind of older, very, very well loved Christmas book, Christmas cookbook that I already have. I'm not going to sit here and go through the night before Christmas (laughs) with you guys. Um, I would would listen to that. (laughs) I'll record it for you. And so we've both cooked from different books and we're going to share our findings with you uh separately (laughs) and then very kindly you guys who follow us on instagram also gave us some lovely suggestions of what we should be eating and cooking and what Mm -hmm. books we should be reading uh for christmas we're going to share some of those so that you get the love as well there's a lot of your mate jamie in there actually isn't there there is he has a christmas book of course he does uh, it's not the one I cook from. And then, yeah, we'll share a bit of uh, insight into our Christmases, past and present, and, and what future. we what we love, <laughs> future. The ghost of Christmas future. The turkey of Christmas future. <laughs> go on then. Should I go first? Yeah, take it away. So the book that I went with, I've been seeing online lots of teasers for it over the last few months, and I was really, really excited because... It just looks beautiful. The cover is really gorgeous. And it's Anya Dunk Advent. Love it. It's just gorgeous. It's so beautiful. It's called Advent Festive German Bakes to Celebrate the Coming of Christmas. Love it. And it's got this really lovely, like, green cloth cover with gold text. It's just beautiful. It's just really, really festive feeling. I'll tell you a little bit about Anya first because it's not that it's not a huge amount about her online I feel like she's a very wholesome person (laughs) um I feel like she might be maybe the polar opposite of me and that she seems very calm and organized and wholesome and basically has her shit together quite cultured she grew up in Wales her dad is Welsh and her mum is German and they yeah her dad was I think an agricultural engineer or something and they've lived for they live for periods in like Cameroon and Indonesia and Malaysia yeah this is where the culture comes in but they always um had holidays in Germany I guess with her mum's family and then she went on to study Mandarin and she worked in like art galleries and worked in fashion and then it says that she kind of like fell into cooking for people at a deli in Wales and just really enjoyed it and then started cooking kind of scaling up what she was doing in the deli to work for weddings, to cater for weddings. Mm. And then it's just basically been that since then. She's she's written for The Guardian. She's written for a few other food publications. She has a couple of books already. She had one on preserves. I think it was called Do Preserve. Oh. I think that was her first one. And then in 2018, she had one on modern German cooking called Strudel Noodles and Dumplings. Oh, I think I might have seen that one. Yeah, it pops up on some lists. In fact, it might be in our big list. Oh, really? That whole book, the basis of it was that there's more to German cooking than like bratwurst and sauerkraut. Yeah. Like we kind of generalize. And I think people can be a bit dismissive of German cooking. And I haven't seen it, but the reviews of that book just look really, really good. I think it's this kind of a similar ethos to this one in that's quite like, I mean, someone said the word frugal, which I feel has negative connotations and that's probably Mm. not fair, but really simple and adaptable recipes and like no crazy you know Thomas Keller share right like no caviar yeah. or truffles or anything like that it's all just homely and doable 
Yeah, and that's the case for this book as well. I was interested to see if it was simple, this book, like because, you know, basically German words aren't simple. <laughs> they don't they don't look simple. So it all seems quite complicated and I, I imagine a lot of like almond paste and yeah. you know, things like that. So I'm glad to hear that it's uh Well this what they they lack in simplicity and vocabulary they make up for in baking recipes basically <laughs> um when you yeah like I said this book book is really visually beautiful and she's got like lovely bits at the start about like her traditions on Christmas Eve and in the run-up mm. and like how everyone bakes loads around Christmas and they have this plate called like a bunter teller you know loads of different biscuits on a different plate and then as you go through the book she'll be like this is a great one for your bunter teller and or this one I wouldn't do for that and it's just so traditional that's great she wrote it during lockdown I think so so she did all the recipe testing and stuff herself but also all the photography herself and it looks so good and then she throughout the book and like each of the chapters it's kind of divided up into different chapters like spiced biscuits and chocolate biscuits and things like that and each not biscuits each of those has like a little lino drawing across from it or a lino cut and she did those herself as well. She's incredibly talented, is what you're telling us. Oh, God. Just people like that. Just, like, give us a fuck. <laughs> give the rest of us, like, a fucking break. <laughs> it's not fair. I'm happy for her that it's had such a an impact and, or, you know, a PR push or however yeah. it's got so so popular it's kind of it's seemingly everywhere and I don't know if that's because that rarely happens for a Christmas book like or whether it you know it's just a PR thing but it it does really happen for a Christmas book like it feels like every when I was looking into this episode I feel like every kind of big chef that you can think of particularly in the UK like has a Christmas book but generally they're not well regarded apart from a few of them what we'll maybe talk about later but yeah this one I guess because it's just a bit different and a bit And everybody knows about German sweets at Christmas, you know? Yeah, and I think you often just get them at, like, Christmas markets and stuff like that, don't you? I think that part of that is down to just how authentic it is. It's not, like, trendy. Mm. It's not fucking keto recipes for Christmas or something. (laughs) It's, like, it's really, really authentic and not up itself in any way. So I guess just because it's so true to, or at least... I can say as a non-German person, it seems so true to the traditions and the recipes there that I think that's why it has such a buzz about it because it's like proper. <laughs> that makes yeah. Sense. And I guess it's very Christmassy, right? Like that can be the problem with Christmas books is that like, there's not that much, you know, what are you doing? You're making a, a cookie spiced with, you know, cinnamon. Oh, that's Christmassy. Like it, there's, <laughs> there's only so many places you can go after you've done like the classic 10 yeah. or so recipes that everybody wants to know so yeah, it's yeah. Full of books but that seems like yeah just a bit different a bit authentic you know some, something to learn about I guess yeah totally she has Christmas drinks in here as well which I really like love that she's got mulled wine like a very simple recipe and a non-alcoholic punch and a Christmas schnapps Ooh. which she says that is the perfect pick-me-up I keep a bottle of it in the fridge door and enjoy it like a sort of espresso or mixed oh. with milk or fresh orange juice. I mean, I think calling it an espresso is basically a shot. But, you know, you do you. Yeah. <laughs> you can drink it at 9am in December yeah, yeah. because it's Christmas, baby. Yeah. Every time she goes to the fridge, just like a little uh, little pick-me-up. There's also this fire tongs punch, which looks really cool. I really wanted to make it, actually. It's this big bowl of punch and you kind of 
melt sugar over it then and then it sits in like a bowl over a candle to like keep warm it looks like a great centerpiece at a party yeah that sounds great it's got red wine and it's got some rum in it too and it just looks oh it's just a great book also Anya Dunk is a great name can I just say I just want to put that on the record it's like such a great name I know yeah her other career could have been in basketball but you know (laughs) I bet she doesn't get that often I like about this book is that you might think, look at it and think it's all going to be sweet things but actually there's tons of savory stuff in here which I love she has like a chapter on advent breakfast that's love some, like, that. yeah muesli breakfast rolls seeded rye rolls these ones I really wanted to make cheese and poppy seed rolls uh-huh. just lots of rolls um, but there's also you yeah there's <laughs> Duncan yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it's got a good variety. It's not like tons and tons of cinnamon biscuits, basically. Love that. Yeah. So shall I tell you what I cooked? Please, I'm excited to hear. Well, you know how I'm really international. <laughs> I'm aware. Yeah. <laughs> I was in Seville for part of this, for part of like prepping for this podcast, and I brought I was staying with my sister and her husband, and I brought this over. So the first thing they're not like my brother in law, especially, is not like very sweet tooth. That's like not, you know, it's but... not very sweet. Like wow, where, <laughs> where the fuck your brother in law up on this? Sorry, Carla, <laughs> he doesn't listen anyway. Um, but the yeah, he just doesn't really have a sweet tooth, so I was kind of doubting what to make there. So that I'm gonna whiz through the first one because it doesn't feel very Christmassy, but it does feel very German and it's called the Flammkuchen. Flammkuchen. Okay, yeah. Flam- I don't Flam- speak German. I can't I can't help. It's like a very thin pizza. Oh. And it's I've eaten it before and it's a yeah, it's a very, very like crispy little base, very thin. And in this recipe it's topped with creme fraiche and onions and mushrooms oh. and thyme. You make the dough on the spot basically. Yeah, the dough itself is just like really super simple. It's plain flour, a little bit of oil and water. And you you literally put the oven on, make that dough, just mix everything together. And then you divide it in half and you roll Mm. it out on a floured surface into like, again, this is, she's not very like, it has to be this way. She's like, I aim for an oval, but you know, whatever you want, as long as it just yeah. fits on the baking sheet, that's fine. By the way, when you put the oven on, you put a baking sheet in the oven to make sure it's really hot and you get a crispy mm. base. And then you just work really quickly and you put the dough on this hot baking sheet and then you spread on, oh no, it's sour cream, not creme fraiche. And then you scatter on the onion and the mushrooms and a little bit of salt and the oil. And then you just bake it for like 15 minutes. And nice. the edges all crisp up and go brown. And then because the onions and mushrooms don't have like a huge amount of time to cook, it feels very fresh and just like... So they're just raw? Like you haven't cooked those up in any oil or anything? No, like literally just, going on just raw. raw chopped. When it comes out of the oven, you sprinkle on the thyme and yeah, you slice it up. I couldn't actually find... This is the, this is the point about cooking in Spain for two of these recipes is that like, <laughs> of course they don't have some of the things that we're gonna have i couldn't find sour cream anywhere i think i was texting you wasn't i, I was like yeah, yeah, yeah around from shop to shop um and i ended up going with this thing called queso fresco batido which is like a whipped fresh cheese kind of thing but like a very mild one 
and that works perfectly. But yeah, it it was really it's very it's like a very very thin pizza, quite a fresh topping, no tomato obviously because you've got that kind of sour cream. Mm. I think it's just a great like quick dinner or a quick lunch. It feels like it could be like a nice little starter if you're having people over or like you yes. know like a little hors d'oeuvre. Yes, I think the traditional one is from Alsace. This was a fun little fact actually that it was started to it was invented by bakers to test the temperature of the oven. So if the oven was hot enough for bread, then this would only take a minute to cook. And then so they would just use it as a little like guinea pig, basically. But she suggests other kind of variations on it where you can replace the mushrooms with bacon or schinken, as apparently it's called in German. God, German is so fun, isn't it? Schinken. I mean, yeah. Or goat's cheese and honey, pesto and tomato, red pepper and black olives. So she suggests loads of alternatives. And it's great. Great option for your like pizza oven if you had one in the winter. Like fire that yeah. up, make something like this. It'd be so good. Yeah, it would be perfect. And I think like she does kind of say if you have a pizza stone or something to to use that instead of the baking sheets in mm. the oven. But the baking sheet worked fine. Amazing. That sounds great. I'll eat that. Yeah, it was really good, but just not very Christmassy, which is yeah. why I'm not going to talk about it lots. But it is in there, so you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second thing that I made was the Florentines. Oh, if I know anything about you, it's that you love a Florentine. I love a Florentine. I think it's something about like how they're a little bit. Salt, like if you can, like you sprinkle salt on, and they've mm. got the nuts and stuff, and they just don't feel overly sweet. It's often like dark chocolate on there. Because you got me Nadia Hussein's book, right? Nadia Bakes, mm. and the first thing I made from that was the Florentines because I saw her making them, and we just kept them in the fridge. And it's just like they're just such a good little snack to have. Yeah. I love them, like a little protein bar, but like it feels like a treat. Yeah, and they're better if you make them, right? I feel like if you buy them from the shop, they're way always way too sweet, way yeah. too like chewy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, not the one. Not the one. Not the one. So these ones are cherry and almond. Lovely. Yes. What? Ugh, love that shit. <laughs> love I love that. cherries, man. Well, she uses glacé cherries oh. and mixed peel. <laughs> Could you get that in? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> this is an absolutely bastardized recipe i had to go to little it's been near my sister's flat and we were like that might be the best bet because you know like coming up to christmas they have like yeah german stuff yeah so i managed to get some dried cranberries that felt right and then this bizarre box of like there was like some candied orange in there I'll put a picture on Instagram there was there was like a thing of candied orange in there two glacé cherries Mm. and it was like this clear plastic box and then just three blocks of fluorescent green jelly fluorescent orange jelly (laughs) and like a fluorescent I can't even remember what the third color was it was so bizarre but it looked like it fit the bill because when I looked at the ingredients it was all like jellied fruit basically yeah yeah yeah. so I just bought (laughs) that and like a bunch you couldn't get you were meant to use flaked almonds but I just bought whole and just kind of like chopped them up as best I could and then yeah just winged it from there because a Florentine is a flexible thing right it's yeah, like, yeah it's nuts and it's dried fruit and it's a bit of peel and I was just totally winging it basically <laughs> I was baking them so that my sister could bring them into her school where she teaches and I was nice. like yeah this is a good thing to do at 
you know, in bulk. But so they're super simple again. You cream the butter and sugar together just with a wooden spoon. Like this is the other thing about this book is like it's not loads of KitchenAid stuff. You can, most of it is just done by hand. Oh, great. It feels very like, yeah, old world medieval. <laughs> like, <laughs> medieval. There's, there's no fancy shit in here. Between making your lino cuts, you just like cream the butter <laughs> and sugar with a wooden spoon. And then you mix everything else through and you just like spoon the mixture onto the baking sheet bake them they spread quite a lot so you have to space them out because the butter and sugar and then you just bake them for like 10 minutes you might need to take them out and like flatten them a little bit if they get like a big old lump in the middle Mm. and then they, they bake for a couple more minutes and then that's it you let them cool so then she puts chocolate on them after they've baked her hot tip is when you're melting chocolate to put a little bit of coconut oil in there as well and it stops the kind of like white bloom that you get on chocolate sometimes when it's not tempered yeah it's literally like a quarter of a teaspoon of coconut oil to 100 grams of dark chocolate but I thought that was really good yeah it works really well and then she yeah so she kind of like spoons the chocolate over the back of the Florentines and then does this lovely fork kind of wiggle on the back of the on the (laughs) chocolate and like my Florentines they felt quite lacy Um, I think maybe Mm. what I, I like them like that but hers look a bit more compact and I think maybe what you could do is halfway through the bake push them back in together so that they bake more but I just quite like them the other way and so I ended up just like drizzling the dark chocolate over mine because that spoon thing when you just spoon them on the back it just like leaked through to the bottom (laughs) so I was like okay I won't bother with that and yeah that's it you just leave them to cool then and so it makes about this batch makes about 16 but nice good size yeah it depends whether how yeah how big you want to make them I feel like I did one kind of test run before to see how much they spread and then kind of went from there. But it's there. They were really, really lovely. And yeah, like I said, I I really like Florentines. They keep really well. They keep for like a few days in a sealed box and they went down really well at my sister's school. So I looked really good. Yeah. It was like someone's 50th birthday and the lady whose birthday it was had brought in cake. And then my mm. sister brought these in, but like hadn't realized it was the lady's birthday. And the lady whose birthday was thought that it, these biscuits were for her. So she was really touched and she was like, oh my gosh. And Rachel was just like, yeah, happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> but yeah, I would really recommend these. I think they would be great gift. You could do them mm. in like little cute bags with, tied with ribbon and give them to people. And I think they would go down really well. So that were the Florentines. Love that. Edible gifts. Do you think that this book's good for edible gifts? I definitely think this book is good for edible Mm. gifts. So there's a lot of like, to your point, there's a lot of like marzipan and stuff in here. (laughs) I feel like you could do with some star shaped cookie cutters. Festive. Yeah. Like there's a lot of that. Yeah, there's tons that you could do for edible gifts in here. There's a whole thing. She starts off with like leb. What's it called? Oh, she starts off with salt dough, which is this thing that you make that it doesn't sound edible, but it's like for making tree decorations. But she never explicitly says that it's not edible. So that threw me a little bit. I mean, we used to do that at school. And yeah, it's for like decorations. It's great. Like you just lick your hands afterwards and it's like delicious and (laughs) salty. But it's definitely not edible because it's like mostly salt right yeah you're always going around licking your hands that's true <laughs> that's the first thing i noticed about you it's <laughs> all hand liquor victoria <laughs> the pandemic really got to me i just couldn't i wasn't allowed to go around licking my hands the, one of the first recipes is this leb cook cooking spice mix which is like oh yeah cinnamon ginger clove cardamom coriander anise mace 
And then that comes up in the book loads for like various right. biscuits. And that would be a great thing. You could make the spice mix as a gift or you could just use it to make the various biscuits that she has. So there's tons. Love that. But yeah. No, the last thing that I made was a very, very quick one. And I was just intrigued by it because it sounds great. It's called Christmas Fried Dough. Oh my God, this sounds great. So good. Festive fried dough. What a dream. Yeah. So apparently it comes for like something called, <laughs> something that translates to lard pastry. Schmalzkebak. <laughs> Love that. And yeah, it was dough that was originally fried in lard and or enriched with lard. So it was just a little lard wow. party. And the great thing about this recipe is that you have, you likely have everything in your cupboard. It's literally sunflower oil to fry them in. And it's plain flour, butter, caster sugar, sea salt, vanilla extract, egg, baking powder, and a tablespoon of white wine, sherry, or mead. I mean, I and we all, all always have a mead. bottle open of mead <laughs> yeah. or white wine or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could spare a tablespoon. <laughs> <laughs> I could I could barely spare a tablespoon last night for white wine. Um, but yeah, again... It's just a really, really simple one. You heat up the oil and then you just mix all the ingredients together for the dough. The dough was really lovely and easy to work with, not like too sticky or anything. Mm. And then you roll it out uh, into a rectangle on a floured surface and you cut it into rectangles, smaller rectangles. And Mm. then you do a little slit down the middle, not completely, but just to make like a little letterbox, basically. Yeah. And then you're meant to tuck through like tuck through the dough on itself oh like a little knot like a little knot yeah and some of hers look like hearts mine did it did not <laughs> <laughs> i fucked some of them um and then you just basically <laughs> hopefully not <laughs> you fry them off until they're golden brown to flip them over halfway through they've got a little bit of baking powder in them so they puff up a little bit and then you sprinkle them with caster sugar you drain them on kitchen paper and you sprinkle them with caster sugar they sound great i presume they were donuts when you first said it like they were going to be like little balls but that has made me happy yeah so i think maybe i rolled mine a little too thin because they broke up quite easily when i was flipping them in the pan but who cares they were delicious just little tippets and it is exactly like a donut in in terms of yeah flavor profiles <laughs> but the, oh. it was more like a short crust like a short crust pastry donut yeah nice and she does say that there's a variation on it where you roll them into little balls and you fry them and sprinkle them in sugar as well i think they're called snowballs or something yeah schneeballchen Schnee they sound great do you feel like you could have a little a little dip with them if you were feeling naughty like a little nutella or a little 100% i don't know salted caramel little something something yeah they give major churros vibes so i think yeah like, and she says that her kids eat, eat she likes to eat them while she has like a glass of wine or sherry but her kids eat them with hot chocolate so i think they probably yeah, put nice. them in and yeah they're just lovely i think they i took one for the team and i tasted one this morning to see how they <laughs> um kept overnight and they were still good but like no they were definitely at their best when they came out of the pan and they were warm and just coated yeah like a donut right yeah so i think they'd be a great thing to make if people were coming around to just like 
yeah, have a little snack on. And you could just, you can literally whip them up in like, I want to say like 20 minutes. Yeah, nice. Really, and they were just really like, good. just a little bit of oil or like, do you have to like, quite a lot. Fry them? Yeah, she says to, to fry them in a litre of sunflower oil. So I don't know what that looks like. So I just did a couple of centimetres mm. in, in a big pan. I want this book. I'm going to buy this book today. <laughs> Which, well, well, you tell me, should we buy the book? <laughs> I think... Yes, a lot of the biscuits and stuff are very traditional. There's a lot of like white pepper biscuits and stuff like that. I don't think this is where you're going to go for any kind of, like I said, trendy ingredients. It's all quite simple, mm. rustic, iced, cute little biscuits. But they're lovely. And there's, even those, that fried dough, is just super simple. I mean, sure, you could put some cinnamon or something in there, but I guess that's not true to tradition. Mm. Yeah, it's just quite lo- like lovely, but not super, super fancy, let's say. Mm. And there was just so much of the savory stuff that I wanted to do. A walnut and camembert wreath where you make these little Ooh. walnut rolls around a baked camembert. There was an onion plat and these poppy seed snails and stuff like that. And there's just so much that I would have loved to have made. Oh, I saw the onion plat when I was browsing it on on Amazon or something you can see like the and I was like that sounds great yeah I was very very close to making that actually if I were to rate this out of something (laughs) if I hypothetically if I were to rate (laughs) I find it very hard without you to temper me here because I'm gonna be like (laughs) 10 stars out of (laughs) 10 advents out of I don't know I I don't have the German like you know the the sound down right yeah which is weird because it's so much like English but yeah I I never learned German so no the comedian Dylan Moran from Ireland said that German sounds like a typewriter falling down the stairs (laughs) which isn't very complimentary but it does make me laugh I would rate this out of quark if I was to rate it out of anything quark yeah Quark just pops up everywhere in this. And I don't even fully know what quark is. Is that a cheese? It is. It's a soft cheese. It's like a it's like a diet cheese, right? I feel like that's when I've heard about it's, quark, quark, whatever it is. Like, yeah. It's a, it's a type of fresh dairy product made by warming soured milk until the desired amount of curdling is achieved and then straining it. <laughs> nice start to the day. It's 9.14 a.m. Lovely. Ready to pearl. Well, that's great. It pops up everywhere and she's even got like little quark recipes and stuff in there. And yeah, it just pops up as an ingredient in loads of recipes. And I think that that would be what I would rate it out of. And if I were to rate, I think I would, it's very hard to dock at any points. <laughs> yeah. It's very, especially it's, it's a thing, Yeah. Ingredients are good. Ingredients unless you're in good. Spain. Unless you're in Spain, but even then you can find something that works, right? And then usability and accessibility would be good. Veggie friendliness, there's not not a sniff of meat in this book. <laughs> even though it's a German cookbook, because I, I imagine German cooking to be quite meat heavy. But Yeah, and it's inspiring. So I think I would have to give it like four marks. Five quarks. Five quarks out of five. <laughs> <laughs> Great. That's. I mean... That's great. I love it. I would really recommend it to anyone who is keen on baking and who loves Christmas because it's just a very, you you just get in the mood for Christmas when you're reading it because it's filled with all of her traditions and you can feel like she really loves it from her like family point of view. Yeah. And yeah, it's just very wholesome and lovely. I like it a lot. Is that a nice gift? Would you give it as a gift? 
I would it's give beautiful, it as, isn't it? Yeah, I would give it as a gift. But the problem is you probably want to make loads of the stuff in the run-up to Christmas. So yeah. that's why we're releasing this early in the month, right? Because you mm. people might want to just go and like get it get and it. start baking. But yeah, it would be a great gift. So yeah, that was me. Love it. I'm going to buy it. I've decided. Yeah, I think You've, you've convinced me. <laughs> what book did you cook from, Victoria? So I cooked... This is funny, isn't it? It is weird. Doing different books. Yeah. Um... So, it's a book that I already had, but then when we asked the question on Instagram about people's favorite Christmas book, this came up a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot of people said it. So, I have uh, cooked from The Christmas Chronicles by our old pal, Nigel Slater. Nigel. Oh, I really, I'm so interested to hear what you say on this because I've wanted this book for ages. I feel like every year it comes around and I see it and I'm like, oh, yeah. boy, this year it looks so beautiful. Yes, yeah, it is beautiful i'm obviously not going to talk about nigel sater because we already we already talked about him he yeah we've done an episode on his book kitchen diaries kitchen diaries part part one all of them all of the, yeah uh glad i remember that so go back and listen to that one if you want to hear about who nigel sater is and and we talk about him yeah. quite a lot and we may have mentioned him on you know 60 to 70 percent of <laughs> episodes but so this book it's very beautiful I'm going to show it to you. So it's like a grey cover. It's like A5. And uh, it's got like gold tree trunks on the front. Yeah. Um, Do you think that publisher is just like, it's a Christmas book. Get the gold foil out again, lads. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's on mine too. Yeah. like That's how we know it's Christmassy. Yeah. Um, And the blurb says on the back, this is a story of my love for winter. The scent of fir and spruce, ghost stories read with a glass of slow gin and beeswax candles with shadows dancing on the ceiling. With recipes, fables and quick fireside suppers from November to early February, I take you through my essential preparations for Christmas and the new year and everything you need to enjoy the winter months oh god and that frankly like I don't need to say any more about it because that's exactly what the book is like all the way through his very like evocative personal style of writing it's a bit like it feels a bit like sexy it feels a bit like um you know porny almost at some point yeah. him and Nigella are great friends aren't they so do you think yeah. they just sit around and talk to each other like that and just be like <laughs> oh Nigel like pass the sumptuous yeah. cake for me to <laughs> savor in my mouth <laughs> on my tongue while they, the flavor lingers yeah I mean I'd hope not I hope that they just like are like oh god pass me the biscuits like, I don't think they have a Brahmi accent but I, what I would hope was they just like drop that whole exterior for this yeah, so but yeah so it's a bit well it's not like I don't know if it's like advent but it goes through the month so it starts on the 1st of November and like oh. talks you through the winter he loves that chronological book doesn't he yeah because he loves his little diaries and stuff so mm. I mean, it's nice because it feels like you can get it out on the 1st of November and like mm-hmm. you're, you're at that point. And so there's lots and lots of recipes in there, but, but like there's also lots and lots of personal stories and anecdotes and there's like whole pages on like picking the right tree and like a Christmas wow. wreath. Yeah, and and like Advent services, and like you know, it, it's almost like religious at some points. Like he talks a lot about like going to church, and I guess it's like a traditional thing mm, um, mm. rather than you know talking about the story of Christmas or whatever. But and then that's peppered with different recipes, and then like as you build up to Christmas Day, there yeah. is a Christmas men- a traditional Christmas menu. Oh, nice. I think it's a, it's a 
there is he talks about turkey he also talks about goose um rice potato you know the whole shebang yeah it's quite good actually that it's chronological because when he talks about christmas cake like that turns up at different points ah that's clever because obviously that takes a much longer time yeah yeah. you're adding to it and adding booze and stuff so that's really lovely have you ever made a christmas cake no my mom made them a lot you made them every year growing up and so like it's quite fun yeah it is i've never made one no i've never made one i I, I don't do you like fruit cake yeah um no (laughs) not really maybe like toasted with butter but that goes for everything yeah (laughs) can i make it into toast is what you're saying i might get a toast tattoo you should that would be so cute (laughs) have a little face yeah you know just like one of those classic cartoony little like slices (laughs) of bread um well this is a great transition into my first recipe that i made (laughs) toast please <laughs> so yeah, there's everything. Like I, I don't want to say too much about it. What, what I will say is that it's like this. Like you, you could have it next to your bed mm. over the winter period and just like pick it up and like read where you are in the winter because it's like I said, the the writing is so beautiful and yeah. just so evocative and like so Christmassy and there's th- things about like wrapping present. You know how to wrap present. The pictures are beautiful and things like that. So you can imagine Nigel like yeah beautifully wrapping your present like quite like minimal but beautiful yeah like, with like a handmade label yeah exactly and like no sellotape yeah like he's, he's like folding it like japanese style like so it all just fits together just tied with some like simple but beautiful twine yeah that's it right so i made three things the first thing i'm gonna talk about i'm not gonna talk about it for long because it's honestly like a a cop out like it's not i just i was like this is great i want to eat it but it's not really a recipe but like shout out to um nigel and what we'll say about this book is that a lot of the recipes are like this like obviously the christmas ones are a bit more complicated and you know turkey and roasties and whatever but like the other little ones for like winter nights are very simple and yeah you know just lovely yeah so there's a whole kind of section on different ways kind of with mincemeat as in the sweet oh. mincemeat for yeah. mince pies and like alternatives to mince pies and other ways you can use that and spoiler alert two of my recipes off basically from that sort of section because oh, cool. i love mincemeat i love the taste of it but i don't really like a mince pie because i feel like it's always too pastry uh. and not enough Mince me. Um, you so just want to eat it by the spoon. <laughs> exactly. Like there's a, I don't know whose recipe it was. I used to make these like mince meat like flapjacks where you just like oh. flapjack, layer of flapjack, layer of mince meat, layer of flapjack, bake those up. So good. Wow. And actually, our boy Jamie Oliver has a phyllo pastry mince pie recipe, yes. which is great. Um, ah. If you can be bothered to like mess around with phyllo pastry yeah interesting yeah so this first thing i made is called a toasted minced meat sandwich oh my god and yeah. we were taking the piss out of um Fergus <laughs> henderson's mince on toast or whatever it was yeah. in the other episode and now it's you're a doing... sweet version of that literally <laughs> one of my other like christmasy things i love and like generally all year round is like i love a panettone i love a hot yes. cross bun they are my vice i could eat them and die like i could i would 
I love them. There are people who this is their thing, right? This mm. is their sweet thing. Are those kind of like yeasted, like fruity? I am those people. Yeah, you are that people. I don't, I don't think I knew that about you. I want to toast it up. I want to put like whatever jam or peanut butter or whatever on top mm. of it. And I want to eat mm-hmm. it until I literally cannot move. Like, I, honestly, I can't buy hot cross buns at Easter because I will just gorge on them. <laughs> anyway, so I had to buy panettone for this. Oh. So I was like, great. I'm going to have some panettone in my house. But basically, literally all it is, right, Yeah, is two big slices of panettone as in like the like a round. Right. Uh, two centimetres, he says, thick. So big ones. And you put mincemeat already like bought I just bought it I think it does have a recipe for mincemeat in there but I don't have time for that so I bought mincemeat you just put that on top of one of the slices put the other slice on top and then put it in a pan that's got like two tablespoons of butter in it (laughs) so good (laughs) toast the one side flip it over which is much more difficult than it looks because panettone is so soft yeah yeah so you kind of have to get a a plate and flip it do the other side it like reduces a lot in in size and then you take it out let it rest for a second put like sprinkle caster sugar over the top and like cut it up Ooh. like a pizza <laughs> oh how good would that be with like what vanilla ice cream as yes well? he says that good. with cream or any yeah he literally says vanilla ice cream or a jug of cream oh my god um, i love that he says, we eat it too, slightly too hot for everyone's lips with vanilla ice cream <sighs> or a jug of old-fashioned double cream would no doubt hit the spot. Like, honest. Oh and the picture, God. like, yeah, it was it was great. Oh it was my good. My, my one regret is that I think I bought, I think my mincemeat was too sweet. Yes. As is often the case. I think I bought, like, it was like a brandy and rum one just from M&S. And that made it a bit over-sweet. Um, yeah. yeah. Which yeah. was a bit sad. So you know, maybe a bit more, yeah, just a calmer <laughs> mincemeat yeah. in future would do it, but I would absolutely make it. It would be such a fun thing to like a boxing day thing or, yes. you know, something where you're just like, I just want to eat something ridiculous. Yeah, and totally. this is easy. Um, I love that. And it hits my, hits my spots. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You're reading too much of Nigel's <laughs> word for it. <laughs> I was just going to say, I think that would be a fun, like, if you're having people over for like a pre Christmas dinner, that would be a really fun dessert. Yeah. I like that. Exactly. A lot. And like, probably fun for kids as well. Cause yeah. like, wow. Love it. Great. Really simple. Not much to say about it, but you should make it. The second thing I made, also mince pie adjacent. Bad <laughs> <laughs> name of the week. <laughs> mince pie, just me right now, is <laughs> the vegan orange shortbreads. Ooh. Yeah. So um I also had a bit of an ingredients mess up with this one. Could not find dried figs. Ah. Um so I used ap- dried apricots instead. So it's actually apricot and short orange shortbreads. <laughs> well like my cranberry and almond or no, my cherry and almond Florentines were <laughs> yeah. cranberry and weird fruit. Fluorescent fruit. Yeah. <laughs> Florentine. So fair. Um so these are really fun and interesting. So what you do is you you get dried figs or in my case apricots and sultanas and right. you um put them in the blender okay. and make like a paste like a little like a oh. like a mincemeat but yeah. you just just those two so it's, a, it's like a coarse like kind of thick mm-hmm. paste mm-hmm. i thought that this had broken my mini chopper oh god heavens it, forbid it was rough it was i was like <laughs> i don't know if it's broken it made a very like it, i felt like i blown it up it was a very like the smell 
was rough and I was like, I'm just going to put you in a cupboard and pray for you. But it's okay. The okay mini chop. My mother-in-law came the next day and she brought um, us dinner, which was great. And, but she also has, she has the same mini chopper and she'd made like a chutney that she needed to just whiz up. In yeah. It. So she was like, I know you've got the same one. And I was like, oh my God pray for me that this works but it works fine okay so, don't worry everyone <laughs> so you make that little paste and then you yeah. make a like a shortbread dough which is right. fairly simple it's got but it's got golden icing sugar as the sugar Ooh, yeah. how nice. could you find that easily yeah wow. i found i was i was surprised i was like i'm ready to just get normal, normal icing, icing sugar too. but they yeah. had it in the in the shop lovely and then two so it's butter golden icing sugar vanilla extra, extract ground almonds Mm-hmm. Um, you add and then you add to the dough 80 grams of shelled pistachio nuts all chopped up Ooh, i love pistachios yeah and a zest of an orange lovely so i've got a really lovely picture actually of it all in the in the bowl because it just oh, looks, looks colorful, colorful and lovely yeah yeah so that's really really easy to just whip up it turns yeah. into a lovely like shortbread dough and then what you do is you get a spoonful of the the mincemeat, the fig and yeah. sultanas, and you roll them up into a ball, and right. then you get some of the shortbread dough, yeah. and you roll that up into a ball, and you make a hole in the middle, and you put the ah. the little mincemeat, the the fruit in the middle of the dough, and then nice. roll it up, and then squish it a little bit, so it's like a little treasure inside. Oh, how cute! Yeah, so you do that. So it says he says, what does he say? A level tablespoon of the fig paste. Yeah. To make it into a ball. And then I think it's like two tablespoons of the al- almond shortbread dough. So it's two to one, basically. Right. Gotcha. And then you just bake them up for 25 minutes and then let them cool, sift icing sugar. And he puts rose petals on. I put leftover pistachios on top. Yeah. Um, what a treat. They were great. They were uh... so fun. Like, they smell amazing. Yeah. Because of the, like, the almonds, you've got orange you've got pistachios like lovely all the good um, flavors yeah and then that yeah the little fun balls of mincemeaty dried fruit in the middle were really lovely um oh. i regret i didn't measure that well like when i was making them like um yeah in terms of the size so what i would have done is made them a bit smaller like i think my right. fig balls apricot balls were the right size but i think i put too much dough with all of them so it was yeah they were a bit more more biscuit to but that's that okay. is user error not yeah not the recipe error but they they were and he says they're like a nice alternative to a mince pie and i yeah. think that's right like if you don't really like mince pies yeah. or just you know they're a nice little biscuit to have around yeah um, they still have all the kind of seasonal flavors exactly and like pistachios is a nice little addition dreamy I would definitely make them again. You could definitely, it wasn't hard. Like as long as you've got something to Blitz chop the, up the, yeah. yeah, the fruits. And like I use apricots and it was absolutely fine. Tasted absolutely fine. Because mm. I was, when I was in the shop and I couldn't find figs, I was like, right, what's an alternative? And it was like apricots or even like prunes or yeah. dates, you know, like anything kind of sweet and yeah, dried. Yeah, totally. Oh, how lovely. They'd probably yeah. be a good gift as well, wouldn't they? Yeah, they did look lovely. I my like I said, my in laws came over the next day. Oh, they are so nice. What what are they? And I sent them away. And you could probably like maybe you could warm them up a little bit mm. the next. You know, just pop them in the oven to warm them through. Yeah, yeah, love them. Nice Shout out to you, Nigel. Oh, he's um, so good with baking stuff. He's so good, and like I say, there's so many different things to use for your 
if you want to make mince pie so he has like a standard mince pie and then he has mince meat and mascarpone tarts that sounds Ooh, nice that sounds great ones with a crumble top Yes. Um, I think I've made them before. I love all the variations on mince pies. Yeah, if you don't like mince meat, sure, you're kind of screwed. But like, there's loads of variations with like puff pastry, or yeah. like you said, phyllo pastry, or yeah, open stuff, or different shapes. Yeah, crumbly tops. Or, yeah. yeah, crumbly tops. That's another band name. Of crumbly tops is my <laughs> band name. Um. Yeah, loved it. And so the final thing I made, which almost didn't get made, but luckily I found a key ingredient yesterday. And Ooh. I was like, I'm going to make this. Is So this is from his New Year's Eve entry. So the oh. 31st of December. And it's uh, the entry is called Fizz and Focaccia. Um, and it's a cranberry focaccia. Oh and... my God. Do you think we're both a bit low-key obsessed with focaccia? Yeah, I think so. It's just like catnip. Whenever I see it, I'm like, oh, focaccia. Oh, what are you doing to it? What's, how's yours go? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a real, again, obviously it's very simple. So it sounds like it's going to be kind of sweet, but it's not. It's only the cranberries that are like vaguely sweet. And yeah. so it's like, you just, it's a focaccia recipe. He uses 500 grams of bread flour, yeast, sea salt, only a tablespoon of oil. Like, obviously, I put a little bit more in than that. Um, <laughs> water. You mix that up. Yeah. You get it elastic. You leave it to rise for a couple of hours. Um, and then for, like, the topping, you you get 200 grams of small shallots. And oh. I made an error. I felt like I was back at Julia Child of buying <laughs> quite small shallots. And then you've got to, like, peel and chop them all. <laughs> Is there anything worse? No. I'm peeling a little onion. No, thank you. And then he says he wants you to like peel them, halve them, and then like take all of their layers apart. Oh, God. That was intensive. That was fun. I think Um, there actually is, on a side note, I think there is something worse than peeling little onion, and that is grating anything. I hate grating stuff. I had to grate tomatoes last weekend for a recipe, and I was just like, I hate this. Yeah, hated your nails. Are- I agree. Your nails anyway. are bad. You, there's always one little bit left that you can't quite get unless yeah. you bleed. Yeah, like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gross. There's just the margin for like you know an injury or like yeah flesh in your recipe. <laughs> yeah, my lovely nail varnish. Just hate grating stuff. Yeah, anyway, I agree. An aside. What am I saying? Right, shallots. Yeah. So you spend. 45 minutes chopping a load of shallots and all that stuff and then you put them in in a in a pan with just some olive oil yeah and then you add uh rosemary chopped up really finely thyme like just sprigs sprigs of thyme juniper berries lightly bruised he uses a pestle um (laughs) wow fancy uh, i love this yeah and then 150 grams of fresh or frozen cranberries and so cranberries were the thing i was worried about finding and i couldn't find them fresh and i love them fresh but then i found them frozen yesterday and i was like i've got to make this because these are here and i i love a cranberry they're so like tart and lovely yeah you mix all the other stuff up in in a pan like you you make the shallots until they kind of like go a bit soft and yeah just go golden add all the other stuff so it's really fragrant smells amazing and then you leave the cranberries right till the last minute and add them in and then take it off the heat and then whilst you've been cooking that you've put your focaccia dough into the pan which he says a 12 by 24 pan and i think that's quite small 
Mm. It's a 500 grams of flour. Like it's a lot. Um, And I don't have a pan that big. So (laughs) I used actually a a square tin that, I don't know, 16 by 16, something like that. And uh, it, it got very risen and puffy but that's how we like it so it's fine yeah I think that focaccia you have to gauge what you like because if it's we both like quite chunky focaccia yeah but I don't know some people like it thin and crispy and then you want to stretch the the crap out of it yeah and I like it to be like I like to fill the pan rather than just like you know I like it to be a regimented shape whereas sometimes Mm. you put it on a just a baking sheet it doesn't yeah it does I do the too. shape doesn't then no. and I get stressed um <laughs> <laughs> so you've left that so then you pop these on you top this topping on top mm. and you leave the oil in the pan that it's cooked in because that's yeah. all lovely and fragrant put that on you leave that then to rise again for like 30 minutes okay um with all the toppings on mm. and then you drizzle the oil on it and get your hands in there to make your, your focaccia Simple. holes. Yeah. And then you just bake it for 25 minutes. And mm. it's really nice. Oh, it's, it's, I want to make that. I mean, I guess you can make your dough however you want to make your dough, right? Like it's the yeah. topping that's making it. I thought it was a bit, I like an oily focaccia. So I made sure I like oiled the bowl when it was rising and like oiled mm. my pan before mm-hmm. I went in. But it could have done with a bit more maybe oil in the dough and yeah. even a bit more salt in the dough if I'm being honest, but maybe that was me. Um, and then, but then the topping is so nice cause it's got, you've obviously got these like lovely slow cooked onions, shallots, mm. and then juniper berries, which is not a taste that you have that often. And then no. cranberries, which are super tart, but then like the really savory, like thyme and rosemary, like it's just oh. like, bang on. And like you can just imagine having it with a glass of champagne. It's just you like tear it off. There's no need to cut it into squares. Like, it's very, very soft, very like terrible. Yeah, oh, it's great. That makes me. I'm really glad that you made that because I feel like I'm very inspired by that. That sounds fucking great. You could have a whole seasonal. Like I feel like we should do focaccia of the month where you pick like something <laughs> yes. seasonal. <laughs> it's like this month it's asparagus for cats yeah. like, there's so much you can do and it's always just delicious yeah because olive oil is delicious yes so it was great loved it Love there's it. loads of stuff in this book that i would make everything with mincemeat because i'm a mincemeat person a lot of the like recipes the kind of savory dinners and stuff i didn't make because they're not very christmasy but they're lovely but um yeah like i've bookmark like a pork miso and pickled pears like that sounds lovely not particularly Christmassy wow. um oh, yeah. he's got like he's got panettone ice cream great hook up to my fans he has a whole entry called panettone a love story yeah and obviously no one's making it. he's not got recipe for that pickles pruning and a baked apple All right so he loves wow. a pickle does he or Old yeah, yeah. Nigel Slater. Pickled yeah. rhubarb and salmon. He has a lovely looking like fish pie for like Christmas Eve that, that looks Ooh. lovely. Yeah. Because um, that's so much of what Christmas is as well, isn't it? Like thinking about what you can cook in bulk that's, you know, a bit of a crowd pleaser. That, yeah. yeah when Christmas someone stops Eve by that you didn't know that you were going to have and you yeah. don't have to go out and buy a lot of stuff. And, what a dream book. Um, how, would, how would I if rate you it? were to rate the book? <laughs> I so I'd rate out of like word porn because it's very it's 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 a love letter to winter he obviously loves winter he talks about in the intro how he doesn't have any really serious memories of kind of the summer but he has them of the winter like and you you hear them through this book he's it's really at some points it's quite raw like he talks about um 
the anniversary of his mum's death and and oh, eating wow. on that day and like all that stuff it's it, yeah it's really lovely so um but yeah it's all very written very evocatively and beautifully mm, so classic word born um and i think it would get full marks from me as well because wow. it's usable and accessible right you don't have to make a christmas cake if you don't want to but like some yeah. of the more simple you know you can make a toasted panettone sandwich with mincemeat in the middle absolutely <sighs> ingredients okay. again it's it's nigel slater he's it's all seasonal it's all you know for yeah. the uk at least um aesthetics beautiful books got beautiful pictures aesthetics gets a win it is veggie friendly there's a lot of sweet stuff but he is good at vegetables anyway like there is meat yeah, in there really like i said that pork and miso thing but there's there's a load of veggie stuff there's a really lovely um looking pumpkin and duca recipe with oh, pomegranates nice, yeah. um and like i'm very inspired like i said i could have it next to my bed and just read it whether you're going to cook from it or not and it's great so it gets five word pawns out of five for me so basically we're just head over heels in love with christmas cooking yeah but it's something about you know it's just so wrapped up in nostalgia and family and stuff isn't it christmas and like that comes out in everyone's books yeah and i think that comes out in everyone's like just everyone's feeling about christmas cooking right? yeah and that's why i was like so interested to hear other people and i love that hearing other people's views on yes. christmas and what they cook and what they how they feel about it and i know it feels it can feel quite stressful like the day of but yeah, there's, yeah, I, think, yeah. I think you put the day of christmas aside almost and the turkey if that's what you eat and like you know all yeah. the trimmings like that yeah. that does feel can feel stressful but there's like there's so much more to christmas food and i think that that's what people remember yeah oh i just love it Christmas is food. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only. It's the only way. Speaking of what people, what our lovely followers and yeah. listeners sent in, we, we had some interesting suggestions. We had a lot of people shouting out Christmas Chronicles, like you said, right? Yeah. So it's definitely worth a, a buy. Yeah, I'd say get it. You can get it at any point as well because it goes from November, so you don't have to feel like it's a December thing. And it's pretty timeless, I imagine. Well, like that's the thing with all these, right? Yeah, this came out in 2017, and it's it doesn't feel like it's aged at all because yeah, Christmas is still oh. Christmas. And in terms of other kind of shout outs for chefs that people think about mm. around Christmas, there was a lot of Nigella, Delia, Mary Berry, mm. Nigel Slater. I guess that that's what I think if you're like thinking I want to make stuffing or I want to make turkey or something like yeah. that you just you're just going to google like Nigella turkey or something yeah exactly you know she's gonna have one yeah I think that Delia book came up a lot and it comes up a lot when you look at Christmas stuff and uh, the good thing about that is that it's all on our website every recipe in that book is on her website so yes. if you want to know how Delia makes gravy or turkey or whatever like it's all yeah. there for free you don't need to buy that book so you get and you can search buy that book which i forgot what's yes. called probably called delia's christmas um yeah. <laughs> how to christmas yeah so good but then there was also um a couple of shout outs for jamie oliver's gravy which band I... name of the week <laughs> gross <laughs> <laughs> having a quick look at his christmas uh recipe or his gravy recipe he i think what people might like is that this is like a get ahead gravy that you make right. it like a few days before or even weeks he says and then you just heat reheat it in your turkey tray on the big day on the big day so Stress is this the one i've seen him do a gravy before where he like where you you kind of you break down a chicken or whatever 
and then you cook it in the pan. Oh, the, the, but you have the bones yeah. and the wings and stuff of a, of a chicken, and then you you cook that in a pan with whatever else. Is it that one? I'm well. I'm sure we just had people say kind of his gravy, and I'm sure he has a couple of recipes. But the one I was looking at is interesting in that it's it's got um ten chicken wings in it rather than a whole chicken. Yeah, and you you break you break them open, which feels a bit violent from a vegetarian point of view. But we'll move on. And you bash them with a rolling pin to help release extra flavor as they cook. And you add them to the tray, and then you you kind of cook them with some vegetables, and then you kind of mash everything so you get loads of flavor. And you add some booze and flour, water, and then you kind of pass it through a sieve, and then you obviously keep it. It does look good. It does look like a decent, yeah, um, yeah. I feel like tasty that, recipe. I've seen people make that and do that before. And I guess I mean, it's good because chicken wings are cheap, and it's a good way to yeah to yeah, like you said, get make that head, get it in your get it in your freezer. Um, because I feel yeah. like gravy is a stressful situation, right? Particularly if you're trying to make it on the day, like so much mediocre gravy out there as well isn't there yeah and you just can't please everyone with gravy no. like some people like it sure. you know thick and some people like it with with onions in or whatever and you yeah know. there was one recipe that you wanted to make that someone recommended yes well, alison roman's stuffing <laughs> which also could be a band name um There's a lot of innuendo potential around <laughs> yeah christmas looks so Good. That's that's on the New York Times cooking website. Someone sent that, and I had not seen it before, and it looks great. I almost made it actually for this, but it you need to dry out some sourdough, so you have to like leave Ooh. it out, like you you kind of tear it up and leave it out overnight, so it becomes like kind of stale and kind of hard, and you add that in, and it's got like leeks and things like. That. It just sounded really nice. Oh yeah. Uh, you could probably eat, just have it as a side or like a. You know, it doesn't yeah. need to be stuffed. I mean, I don't think any stuffing really needs to be stuffed. That's my controversial opinion because it just cooks at weird times. Like, just have it separately. Yeah. Um, but that sounded really, really nice. And um, I guess it's obviously for Thanksgiving because she's American rather than Christmas. Yes. But, you know, do what you like. Eat it just on a weeknight. <laughs> I agree on not stuffing it because then I can eat it too. Yes, I exactly. I out of a carcass. I want it on its, in a little tinfoil present yeah exactly i think that's that's fine um one of our other american suggestions was very interesting which was for something called potato candy oh had you heard of this before no i did i saw it but i i have not heard of it oh my god so i looked it up and essentially i hope that i'm doing justice to this person's suggestion but basically (laughs) you you make like it seems like it's very traditional and like maybe you grew up with you like your grandmother making it or whatever so you you boil some potatoes and then you let them cool this is apparently a big thing and you mash them until there's no lumps remaining okay and then you add like butter and sugar and then to the potatoes to the potatoes to this mashed potato so it essentially makes like a potato dough right. i guess not dissimilar to like gnocchi or gnocchi however you want yeah. to say that i don't i never know some people say gnocchi some people say <laughs> gnocchi, yeah. and then you you have this like cool potato dough and then you i think you dust instead of using flour to roll it out you use icing sugar and then you roll it out and you spread like peanut butter on it i think oh my god and then you great. roll it up yeah and you roll it up and then you cut it like that you have to yeah. make that noise and then yeah uh, that otherwise it's not traditional potato candy and then you yeah so they look like almost like mini slices of swiss roll 
or something. So it was for, like peanut butter swirl. So I'm very intrigued by this. I I would absolutely eat that. Like, can I just say would like you? that? Yes. Like, is it? I would like to know the texture. Do you I put it in the fridge? Soft. I think it's cold. Yeah. I mean, I'm answering these questions as if I know, but <laughs> I don't. I've just read a couple of recipes, but I am also intrigued. I, maybe we should. Maybe I'll make this. Maybe you will. You're going to be making a lot of mashed potatoes um, soon. <laughs> Babies love mashed potatoes, mum. <laughs> I was like, why, why am I? <laughs> Tell me more about the, <laughs> my mashed potato production line I've got going on. It was a very random link, to be fair. So yeah, I thought that one was really good. Uh, I guess it must be a Christmas thing. I don't know. Yeah, nice. I would eat that. Because, you know, I like peanut butter and I like potatoes, particularly mashed potatoes. So that sounds great. <laughs> but we also should remember that um, people in the Southern hem- Hemisphere have slightly different traditions. They- they're not going for the warming, um, no. carb-heavy stuff. Someone in Australia said that watermelon and prawn salad is the is the way to go. Wouldn't that be nice? On the beach, is yeah. it? Yeah, in the in Christmas is that morning. Nice, is that Lovely, <laughs> lovely sunny yeah, Christmas after- day. After you've been for a swim, been for a surf. Oh, being a barbecue, is it? You absolute bastard. Yeah. Yeah, enjoy that, lads. Yeah. No, I <laughs> I appreciate that. And what I would like to know is, any listeners in Australia, do, do your families, like, do you do traditional, like, do you have a traditional Christmas lunch? Like, is anybody, like, you know, is anyone's mom at home, like, making a turkey? Or are you at home making a turkey? Or is that just, like, culturally? Am I being culturally insensitive and thinking that the whole world is like me? Maybe. I don't know. Um, Maybe they do, like, that beer, beer can turkey on a barbecue. Yes. <laughs> that would be great. Maybe not. <laughs> but thank you for everyone's suggestions. I'm off to make potato candy and stuffing. yeah i might make that stuffing, stuffing. um what are your um, do you do your family have any like christmas food traditions i guess it's difficult to like think of them when you're not kind of there but the, our biggest one i think is my dad cooks christmas dinner cute um whereas my mom no very gender stereotypical gender roles like cooks generally yeah. when we were kids that like, cook generally and uh but my dad does the whole of christmas dinner um, and I think, uh, and it's great. It, he's yeah. he's a great cook, and it ends up being great. I think it was always a ploy for him to stay out of the way of relatives, <laughs> so he could just be in the kitchen and drinking and not have to socialize <laughs> with people that. coming over. <laughs> I'm I sure he won't mind me saying that. No. Um, I really like that. That was a bit like us at our supper club, though. To be fair, we're like <laughs> stay in the kitchen. We love everyone that came, but we were too terrified to talk to people. Too yeah, because everything was terrible. <laughs> yeah. um, whereas you know, my yeah, he you know, my mom buys him a new apron every year, and like Aww, you know, it's 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 a it's a feels very festive. We have biscuits for breakfast. That's a thing. Like we while well, we're opening presents, we have like a box of biscuits which which we eat which are wow which feels very traditional at this point um yeah and then like interestingly a couple of years ago we so i have a a a, a niece now yes and she's you know three she was not three then she was younger but anyway so uh and obviously you share christmases when you do that and we had my niece on boxing day and we didn't want to do two christmas days so with my family christmas day proper we didn't do a christmas dinner because i was like uh, i'm not eating two in a row and also that <laughs> feels stressful but we had such a fun like 
adult day like i have a yeah. younger brother so it's like me and my mom and dad and my younger brother just like we we made focaccia and loads nice. of like cured meats and cheeses and you know just little bits and pieces like things that we like loved my dad yeah, actually yeah. got the alison roman cookbook and right. and we made different bits from that and it was just like a fun yeah. You know, it was it was Christmas Eve, but it wasn't like a Christmas dinner. Yeah. Um, and I imagine we'll do that again, you know, if if the Christmas day is delayed yeah. uh, a little bit. How about great. you? What are your um traditions? We I don't know, we like definitely grew up with the traditional Christmas dinner and my mum is an incredible cook, so did everything and made it look very easy um and in the last few years because like me and my sisters are kind of all over the world <laughs> it's very much like very like it changes now every year what we do mm. um and like who does the cooking so I think like our big traditions are always that we like Christmas Eve is quite a we love Christmas Eve as well mm. and that's always usually like quite a lot of <laughs> like little tidbits eat just like yeah. a lovely like spread i was listening to bbc radio one recently and jordan north was on there and he was calling it a picky tea which i quite mm. like it's really yeah. good just all lots of bits that you have stuff that you like that doesn't really go together but like you want it all yeah, yeah i love that exactly that and then before like lots of kids came into my family before my sister started having kids we would like always delay um <laughs> it wasn't just like the orphanage broke down down the road and they're like <laughs> I just can't say things properly today we would um we would always delay like present opening until after breakfast so we'd get yeah. up have a really leisurely cup of tea and then make a nice breakfast and then like not maybe open presents till midday or one o'clock and now yeah. it's like the kids are up obviously Santa's coming yeah. Yeah. Wanna, like open everything I, th I think like most of the time we as adults like wait up till a bit after and then yeah it's just usually just like a late breakfast maybe like a mince pie and like a hot port in the afternoon yeah lovely and then like something quite traditional in the evening and then boxing day is just like free for all leftovers we call it Stephen's day in Ireland so that was very English of me I do <laughs> apologize my mom always used to make leek and potato soup on Christmas on Stephen's day as well which was really good but I just I love Stephen's day as well because you yeah. just get to go and like scavenge all the best yeah bits. make amazing sandwiches my family on boxing day make chips like Ooh. from scratch like deep fry them and that's like triple, a triple, triple cook like heston well not like heston unfortunately <laughs> but you know that's that's a thing like we have chips and then you just have all like your cold cuts and leftovers me and my younger brother often make like toasties out of just whatever yes. is left over like because oh. that, that shit just bangs um because you've so got good. like you've got like all the condiments like all the mustards yes. and the pickles and the cranberry sauce, you know, everything. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. oh, love it. My family are absolute mayonnaise fiends. Like we love Hellman's full fat mayonnaise. And like when we're doing the Christmas shop, we have to get like two mega jars <laughs> of Hellman's because we just go through it. Like it's just insane. You've got to get to I Costco and get those like bucket ones, that, like sandwich <laughs> shop. Um, but I feel it would be remiss of me to let a cookbook circle episode pass without mentioning Ottolenghi's oh, yeah. gingerbread soft <laughs> biscuit from oh my god sweet book. this is great though you brought this to work when we used to go to work and <laughs> no I, yeah talk about it because it is good it's great 
Oh, they're co- they're in this sweet cookbook, which I think I've mentioned before. I think I might have mentioned. You may have mentioned. I like your favorite cookbook of all time. <laughs> I love it so much. But there's the soft um, gingerbread tiles with rum glaze. Oh, and he does them very beautifully with like um, he has a cookie stamp, and they just they look gorgeous. But um, I've just done them with like normal cookie cutters before. And just honestly, one of my favorite biscuits, if not my favorite biscuit ever. They're just like a really soft cookie with loads of spices. They've got like black treacle in there, but also ginger, cinnamon cloves, some cocoa powder, black pepper. And they're just like really soft. Yeah, no, they are good. And they're soft, which is what you want. Gingerbread can be so hard and like tough to eat. And no, yeah, I remember you bringing those and being like, that's the jam. They're amazing. I invested in a cookie stamp last Christmas, so I'll mm. be trying bringing that out again. But I love yeah, it. they're just so good. We love Christmas. We do love cookbook Christmas. Circle. Get where's your cat toy again? A ching 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 ching. <laughs> <laughs> it always just sounds like a slasher movie when you show it. <laughs> My poor cat is probably outside the door, like, hey, <laughs> are we playing? Let me in. <laughs> we. Would love to hear everyone else's Christmas traditions. The weirder, the better, actually. It'd be great to hear some really weird shit. Is there anyone who just like wakes up and like, I don't know, makes a pina colada? <laughs> I mean, I bet. I bet there's there's so much so like good. yeah, secret good drinking. There's so much good drinking happens on Christmas. Oh, that's the yeah. that's the good thing. Yeah, lots of cocktails. I feel like my family likes to make a cocktail around Christmas. Yeah. And at like 10 a.m. And especially like when you've got kids and stuff, like it's like 5 a.m. Because it's like, well, I've been up for four hours anyway. <laughs> I sort of drink through this precious family time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you could all pray that my baby comes before Christmas so I can also drink through this, <laughs> through the day. Just joking. Obviously, due to have a baby quite close to Christmas. So what I'm hoping... exact date are you due, Victoria? All right, well, we don't need to let everyone know my medical records, <laughs> but it's Christmas Eve. Yes, thank you. That's why. <laughs> um, it's Santa Durant. <laughs> and yeah, little Rudy. So we hope that the baby comes. So my Christmases from now on out are going to involve a birthday and a Christmas in very close succession. Uh, so that's fun and exciting so you know come back next year to let me know i'll let you know what the new traditions are (laughs) like yeah our christmas day birthday is not the one is it my friend louise has that and just always gets the one present and that's it people slack and i would like a glass of red wine for christmas that's my that's my hope i've got i've already got my dad on the case he was asking me what exact type i would like so i feel like he's gonna come through with a great bottle oh that's so cute you know whenever the baby comes anyway thank you all for listening and merry christmas happy christmas <gasps> we'll see you next year with our next season season's greetings make sure you ask for all the cookbooks from season not all the cookbooks for season one but you know yeah no, definitely not the french laundry <laughs> <laughs> the good ones yeah that could be on your christmas list send us pictures of what you your cookbook hauls that you get for christmas yeah. um what you cook what you cook if you need any cookbook advice for your friends presents we might be able yes. to help um yeah but just let us know it's a brief we want to yeah hear. <laughs> Okay, right. Merry Christmas. Love y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.
thanks so much for listening to this episode of the cookbook circle don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and if you've enjoyed it please leave us a review as it helps others to find us you can see how the recipes from this episode turned out on our instagram at cookbook circle and if you make anything from the books we talk about please don't forget to tag us see you next time Bye. bye ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 